On February 12, 2009, a late-night, seemingly routine passenger flight ended in disaster. The Colgan Air Flight 3407 crash left 50 people dead and left investigators with countless questions. How the families of those lost 10 years ago mobilized and helped usher in a decade of unprecedented safety in aviation. This is TikTok. I'm David Myers. Joining me today from Washington is Bloomberg's reporter covering aviation safety, Alan Levin. Thanks for joining us, Alan. Well, thank you. So take us back 10 years ago today. What happened that night? So this was a flight from uh, Newark to uh, Buffalo. It was uh, delayed due to uh, there was there was some bad weather on the East Coast that day. And uh, so it's arriving into Buffalo uh, uh, a little after 10 p.m. And uh, it just suddenly goes out of control and uh, falls like a leaf down to the ground. Um, everybody on board dies. Um, there's a significant fire and a, a, a man on the ground died uh, as well. Alan, you mentioned the weather that night. It was snowy, it was bad, it was cold. But is that what played into the, the conditions of the crash, or, or was it kind of a routine flight uh, in poor weather? Well, those of us covering the accident were very mindful of the fact that in uh, prior years, weather like this had been uh, a factor in uh, several fatal accidents. Um, so that was our immediate assumption that that might have had something to do with it. But uh, interestingly, um, aircraft had been significantly uh, upgraded in terms of how they handle icing. You know, ice that forms on the wings can be pretty dangerous. And um, so the bottom line was this plane, the de-icing system was activated and it was flying uh, pretty much normally. So the, the weather really didn't turn out to be a factor. So when it was all said and done and that investigation was concluded. What is it that investigators said caused the crash? The investigators concluded that it was the actions of the pilot, and he took this perfectly good plane and commanded a very steep climb, which uh, caused the airspeed to uh, drop very quickly, and uh, it became uh, too slow to stay aloft, basically, within a f seconds. And uh, it just fell uh, to the ground after that. And, you know, they other, they concluded there were other factors, in, uh, including um, the airline's uh, training and other things. But the bottom line, or sort of the underlying thing, is that they, they could never quite figure out why the pilot would do that. He, he's coming in, um, he's going slower and slower as he nears the runway, which is normal. But neither he nor the co-pilot were paying very close attention to the speed, and the speed got a little too low. Uh, it was not in danger of falling out of the sky, but, um, you know, he needed to add some power, and he got a little cockpit alert indicating that that was the case. And so pilots are trained r really almost from the first time they fly to um, make sure they monitor the speed, and if the speed gets too slow, to push the nose down and to add power. And he did the exact opposite. I want to talk about um, what was learned from this and, and the changes that were made in, in a second, but I, I want to go back just a little bit further. And can you break down for us 
what the aviation safety record in the 10 years prior to 2009 looked like when it came to fatal uh, crashes? The, the accident rate was improving. Um, and, uh, you know, taking the long look uh, that, that we have now, it was improving rapidly, but it had a long ways to go. And so uh, major accidents um, on large commercial airliners were relatively common. Um, I would say they averaged maybe one every other year in the uh, decade prior to this accident. Um, in the, if you include the Colgan accident, and so look at the exact 10-year period prior to this particular accident, there were a total of 524 deaths on uh, passenger airlines. So that doesn't even include cargo carriers, uh, foreign carriers that may have had accidents in the U.S. and that sort of thing. And that doesn't include 9-11? It, it actually does not include any of the deaths on 9-11. That's another 265 people, at least on the the four aircraft that were hijacked. And typically, when we look at these uh, numbers, we we take criminal acts like terrorism out of the uh, mix. Mm -hmm. So So you're looking at accidents like in the Queens, New York in 2001. That accident on an American Airlines flight, uh, 587, I believe, killed uh, 265 people, I think, uh, and that was by far the, the worst accident during that decade. So since the Colgan Air crash in 2009, what have the last 10 years looked like when it comes to um, deaths from uh, passenger crashes? Well, we went from 524 to one, basically. Wow. Um, now. That's not the whole story. Uh, there have been, um, I believe, four U.S. registered cargo carriers that uh, had fatal crashes during that time. There was a uh, Korean uh, carrier, Asiana, that uh, crashed in San Francisco in 2013 that killed three people. But um, if you look at U.S. passenger carriers, there's just been a single death that, that occurred last April. Uh, near Philadelphia when an engine exploded on a Southwest Airlines uh, flight. How do you explain that, Alan? What what was the difference here? Well, you know, and as in everything in aviation, uh, there's no single cause, and it's frankly quite difficult to tease out each and every thing that happened. But clearly one of the major catalysts for this was the Colgan accident, um, there had been a gradual change in people's perceptions about plane crashes in the decade leading up to Colgan, uh, one former FAA official told me. And Colgan really uh, was like, was sort of a sea change. People, um, the public, that is, were outraged at this and just um, were not tolerant of crashes anymore. And so that prompted a whole range of actions. Um, and uh, normally after a crash, crash investigators will make safety recommendations and the regulators will attempt to put in place new uh, safety procedures. But after the Colgan accident, you had a very well-organized, very articulate 
and hardworking group of family members of the victims. And they were very determined and began lobbying Congress, lobbying uh, federal officials. And so in 2010, about a year and a half after the accident, uh, Congress passed a law that mandated um, some of the key recommendations that the National Transportation Safety Board had come up with after the uh, accident. And when you take in those changes that they made, the laws that they made, the better training, um, the fact that pilots had to get a certain amount of hours of rest, because that that might have been one issue that played into this crash. When you take that all into account, how do you quantify the lives the crash in 2009 has saved from what we've learned from it? You know, we'll never be able to quantify it. and uh, the truth is there were a number of uh, things that had been gradually put in place in the prior decades that uh, have led to improved safety. But there's no doubt that uh, a number of the things uh, that came out of Colgan have helped improve that record. And when you take into account all of that, the training, the rest, um, all of those laws, how are we doing now? Is, is there still more, much more to be done? You know, I have to say, when you talk to the veteran accident investigators who've, you know, been at these crash sites and been through the mill, they're very nervous about uh, stories like this. Um, the, uh, as one said to me, that complacency is our worst enemy, and if, if uh, the industry starts thinking that they've solved this problem, that could be, a, you know, a big problem in itself. So, uh, you know, first, the first thing is to remain vigilant about all the lessons we've learned over the years. Um, but there are constantly sort of hints as to r- risks that remain. You know, there was this awful accident in Indonesia uh, back in October in which a uh, an airliner uh, an automated system on this uh, Boeing airliner kept commanding the plane to go into a dive, and it uh, confused the pilots, and they crashed. Um, now, it seems unlikely that would happen in the U.S., but the point is uh, we're always finding new risks um, that that threaten the system. There was a very scary event uh, a year and a half ago in San Francisco in which a an Air Canada plane, the pilots were fatigued. They were landing at about 3 a.m. on their body clock. It was midnight on the West Coast. And they lined up for the taxiway instead of the runway. And guess what? There were four planes, three of them wide bodies with hundreds of people on board on that taxiway. And it wasn't until the very last second that the pilots realized their mistake and added power and climbed away from the ground. And they missed uh, at least one of those planes by perhaps 15 or 20 feet. And so we haven't solved this problem by any stretch of the imagination. It requires vigilance and people adhering to rules. Alan, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Make sure to follow Alan and his reporting on Twitter. He's at Alan Levin one That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening in. Please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm David Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers, and you can get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.